0: Welcome to Church Online, Rock Creek. Um, we are so excited to be doing this this morning. This is new for all of us, and uh, we are praying that technology holds up. But we are with you live, so that's pretty cool. Uh, I want to encourage you a couple things. Uh, we know that some of you are watching on your TV, uh, some are on your computer, but just turn up the volume uh, and create a space where you can truly worship, right? Don't um, This isn't a show, right? I, I don't want to just sit here and play for you. I want to help lead you in worship, even though we're not together in the same room. So turn up your volume, sing out loud. We've got lyrics for you this week. So we've been figuring out some new solutions. Um, But beyond that, we also just want to encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow us on social media. You're gonna get a lot more updates with us. We wanna continue to engage with you throughout the week. But let's go, let's worship this morning. so sweet.
1: It is so sweet to trust in Jesus and to take him at his word. Just to rest upon his promise and to know that as the Jesus. I...
0: Is actually going to be a new one for us as a church. Uh, I think it's a great one for this season just because the whole premise of this is that Christ would be magnified, right? In, in and in a crazy set of circumstances all across the world, and I know when things are hard, um, it's easy just to focus at the circumstances, to look at the things going on around us, and to let those dictate our thoughts, our, uh, our spiritual life, the way we pray. But In the midst of all of this, we want Christ to be magnified, and ultimately he will. But this song is just a a prayer and a petition for that to happen. So it's a little bit newer. um, Just for the sake of uh, the stream and everything else online, I'm just going to play through it. So sing along as you get a a hold of the tune. Um, Otherwise, you can reflect on the lyrics and reflect on the the truths that we're going to be singing. But uh, let's sing this together.
1: songs to lift one Please. Mm-hmm.
0: we would look at these next lyrics and sing this out loud um, or just to reflect on them would this be just a, an inward disposition for us that we would take this as a self-proclaimed action the position we take toward Christ and toward the world around us
1: and I'll bow to idols I'll stand strong and worship You. If it puts me in the fire I'll rejoice cause you're there too I won't be formed by feelings I hold fast to what is true if the cross brings transformation then I'll be crucified with you death is just the doorway into resurrection life if I join you in your suffering I'll join you when you rise. You return in glory with all the angels and the saints. My heart will still be singing. My song will be the same. Oh, Christ be magnified. Just let his praise arise. Oh, Christ be magnified. Altar of my life, Christ be magnified in
0: me. So, I want to read a psalm uh, before we sing our last song for this first set. Um, But as I read this, I just want to point something out. There's something special about what we believe and about our faith that, you know, our hope really is not dictated at all it should not be dictated at all by our circumstances because our hope is in Christ and he never changes Um, but things are hard for a lot of us right now you know for some of us things are harder than others Um, some of us are you know wrestling with where our paychecks coming from Um, some of us are just on the front lines trying to battle this this virus but uh, no matter what happens I want you to know first and foremost it's okay to be sad it's okay to lament it's okay to cry out to God. Uh, But in the midst of all that, it is also just as important to praise him and to look to him as the God of all creation, who is constant, who is the same every single day. So when we praise him as being good and loving and faithful, when things are going good, when things are going bad, he's the same God. And so we need to hold on to those truths as much as we can. But I want to read, read a Psalm to you from David. This is Psalm 102. This is, this is one of David's more honest prayers. He says, hear my prayer, O Lord. Let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my distress. Incline your ear to me. Answer me speedily in the day when I call. For my days pass away like smoke, and my bones burn like a furnace. My heart is struck down like grass and, and has withered. I forget to eat my bread because of my loud groaning my bones cling to my flesh i'm like a desert owl of the wilderness like an owl of the waste places i lie awake i'm like a lonely sparrow on the housetop all the day my enemies taunt me those who deride me use my name for a curse for i eat ashes like bread and mingle tears with my drink because of your indignation and anger for you have taken me up and thrown me down. My days are like an evening shadow. I wither away like grass. But then he turns. He's honest. He, he lays it all out, throws it at God and says, this is where I'm at. But then in verse 12, he says, but you, O Lord, are enthroned forever. And does not despise their prayer. Let this be recorded for a generation to come so that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord. And do we reflect on that, how we handle this situation now will have an effect on future generations and how they praise Jesus and how they praise the Lord. But this whole and I'm not going to read the whole thing, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit, but this whole thing he shifts his focus to God, gives him praise. I'm going to jump to verse 25. He says, Of old, you laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will change them like a robe, and they will pass away. But you are the same, and your years have no end. The children of your servants shall dwell secure. Their offspring shall be established before you. In the midst of... His greatest lament, he goes on to praise God, praise him for his goodness, for his faithfulness, for his love. And those things never change. So we're going to sing another song this morning before we get to the message. But I wanted to preface that because some of these words may be hard for us to sing at this point. But I want you to encourage I want to encourage you to lean in, sing them anyway, because we believe this about our God that he is good, even now that he is faithful even now going to turn and focus on him in this moment. for this morning. Thank you for the ability to go online and to uh, fellowship with each other, to continue to build community, to know that in the midst of everything that's going on, you have not forsaken us, you have not left us. That you are with us individually, collectively as a church. You are with us as a human race. So help us to hold on to that hope and to, uh, to continue to follow you and trust you in the midst of these times. So would you speak to us this morning? Give us a message that we need to hear. Give us a message that will continue to help us to move forward in new ways, to put our trust in you in new ways, to know that you are speaking to us, you are wanting to to guide us forward, and you're wanting to use us to to make your presence known and make your glory shown throughout this world in the midst of uh, some circumstances that may cause people to fear. So we thank you, Jesus. We ask that you just continue to be with us this morning. And we look to you. We pray all this in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right. Well, we got a few quick announcements for you. Um, As you may have guessed, church has changed quite a bit with all of this stuff going on. So we want you to know that we are working hard to make sure that Rock Creek Church, that we are functioning as normal as we possibly can, that all of our ministries are continuing to go online, um, that we are still helping you all connect to each other and to us. So the first major announcement we want is, is please connect with us online. So you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, get uh, updates and notifications that way, subscribe to us on, on uh, or like us on Facebook and Instagram. We're communicating regularly through those platforms as well. But on top of that, we have a new website that launched very recently and it's been a huge blessing, a perfect timing for it because it has been really easy to to build um, and to help it make it really interactive. So if you go to our website, rockcreekchurch.org, you'll see at the top there's this big banner um, and then there's also the first card underneath that are both links to um, basically updates for this whole COVID-19 ordeal. And if you scroll down, if you click th- that page and scroll down, you will see everything that we are able to do online will be on that page. So you'll find links to our live stream service. You'll find links to our Basecamp Kids at Home material so you can continue to teach your kids. Um, we're gonna make all that as, va- as available as we possibly can. Life groups are continuing to meet online. So uh, if you're not a part of a life, life group, great, great time to, uh, to join one and to, to press into our community. Um, if you need help or if you are able to help, there are some forms there as well, but we really want to make sure that we are doing a great job as a church connecting people. So if you are someone in need, or if you know someone in need, we want to help mobilize our resources and our people. So you can sign up for those as well, but we just want to continue to encourage you to go to the website. It will be updated regularly. We are constantly putting new things on there and working to get our church functioning online. Um. But on that, uh, also just want to encourage you to, to help you to know that we have divvied all of our names from our entire church database amongst our elders. So you should be getting a call, a phone call or text just for, um, just to be reached out to and uh, checked in on. So, but if you, if you don't, please feel free to reach out to us as well. We, we really want to help as much as we possibly can shepherd every single person that calls Rock Creek Church home. And then the last update is we want to just continue to encourage you to give if you're able. Uh, A lot of what we're doing, the church still needs to function and we are trying to mobilize as much as we possibly can to help our own people, but also to be a blessing to those around us. So continue to give, to help Rock Creek Church function. um, And beyond that, just keep engaging us, keep building community, keep leaning in and keep listening to Jesus's voice in the midst of this time because God wants his church to be a huge source of hope, right? We, We carry the gospel, we carry the good news with us. So let's let's take that charge seriously and continue to to be hope to a world that is frantic and chaotic at this moment. But with that, we're going to to move into our message. So I'm just going to pray for Brian here, and uh, we'll continue on. So Jesus, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for the ability to to meet online, that uh, so we can still interact with each other. I thank you for our leader and Brian. Pray that you'd help. Speak through him this morning. Give him words that, that we need to hear. Not, not that he would sound wise or anything like that, but that you would use him as a mouthpiece. Yeah. That you would speak to us directly through him through this time. Um, I pray for his heart, for, for peace in him, for confidence, knowing that you've prepared him for, for this time. You've prepared us as a church to navigate these waters. But would you speak to us? Would you guide us and, and give us peace and, and grace this morning? So we thank you, Jesus, and we pray all this in your name.
2: Amen. Amen. Thanks, Alex. Morning, church. uh, Pajama church. Hopefully uh, you don't have to get dressed up. You don't have to do your makeup. You don't have to do your hair. Uh, Hopefully you're wearing your Pikachu pajamas. I know my Max is. uh, And so... Yeah, hopefully you're relaxed and enjoying yourself. We had a conference call with Governor Polis uh, this week and said, you know, roughly the next four, five, six weeks uh, asking faith based leaders, churches, uh, to continue to do this so this is going to be kind of our new norm and so find your spot on the couch or in the lazy boy actually I saw Grant Hansen a picture this week on social media completely flatlined on the couch so we're gonna send that to his boss because uh, I think he probably should have been working uh, so anyways we're gonna we're gonna be doing this and here's my encouragement is I want to encourage you to lean in during this season to the creator of the universe even as much if not more than you would have if we were together uh, one-on-one. And the reason for that is because of the moment. We don't want to miss this. We don't want to miss what God has for us in the midst of all this. And so please take it seriously. I know it might seem goofy uh, if you don't sing really well, maybe muffle your face with a pillow or something, but sing out praise, uh, encourage each other, um, but dive into The worship service as much as you possibly can. Um, So this morning, what I want to do is I want to lean into something that's maybe a little bit more normal, not focused on the coronavirus and not not about things being shut down or shelter in place, but a little bit more uh, who we are, our identity, our significance, our security in Christ, because I can't think of any uh, better time to do that than right now with what we're faced with because true christians during time of uncertainty during times of chaos during times of the unknown know that their identity is not in their circumstances that their identity is not in their 401k following the stock market. It's not in job status. It's not even, believe it or not, in your huge piles of toilet paper, that that's not our hope uh, to have those things, but our hope and our identity is in Jesus. And so I want to share something with you very personal uh, from me. Uh, Lately, I've been finding myself... uh, really out of necessity, if I'm going to be perfectly honest with you, out of necessity pouring into the scriptures because it's the only thing that gives me peace and encouragement. I can't find it anywhere else, and maybe that's a a great thing. But Isaiah chapter 49, we're not going to be in this long, so if you want, you can just look at it on the screen, which I think is right here, down here. All right. Uh, I feel like, uh, what's that? What's the YouTube sensation? Dude, perfect. Where they tight? Anyway, we're, we're getting off track. Here we go. Verse 15. Never can a mother forget her nursing child. Can she feel no love for that child she has born? But even if that were possible, I would not forget you. See, I have written you on the palms of my hands. Let me read that again. I would not forget you. You see, I have written you on the palms of my hands. And what an incredible statement that is for God's love. It goes something like this. If you're a follower of Christ, God has your picture on his refrigerator. Every time he walks by, he sees you. He can't forget you no matter what happens, you're on his fridge. And it's even better than that. You're not just on his fridge, you're engraved on the palms of his hands. Kind of an interesting thought when we're talking about washing our hands relentlessly. I want to encourage you as you do that today, throughout this week, for the next several weeks, and hopefully for the rest of your life you're washing your hands, but every time you wash your hands and you look down at your palms to remember Isaiah 49, that you, your name is etched, is written on the palms of God's hand. God is not going to forget about you he is not going to abandon you. Let the world fear. Let those that want nothing to do with God fear and then find hope in you through Christ. It's kind of a a metaphor, if you would, of how much you're loved, how much you're cared for, how much you're provided for, and how much you are known by the Almighty God. So I hope that blesses you. So that's a personal truth for you in regards to your identity, but it's even bigger than that. It goes into what is the identity of the church. And so this morning, I want to talk about the church, but also talk about how it has identity. So if you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, if not, you can run and get one. Uh, No one can see what you're wearing. Uh, So just run and get your uh, Bible. We're going to be in the book of Ephesians uh, and we will be in Ephesians chapter four. And if you're new to the Bible, you're tuning in. Uh, by the way, we've had, we've had people from uh, all throughout California and Texas and Utah and Arizona, Uganda, all throughout Colorado, various places tuning in. Welcome, you are part of our family. Whether you attend Rock Creek Church regularly, we love you. We're glad that you're here. Hopefully you're enjoying uh, your time. So Ephesians Ephesus was a pretty prosperous Roman port city, which is now modern day Turkey. You're going to see that picture come up. And, and Paul writes to the new Christian followers to remind them of a few truths. And here are the truths. You are adopted by God you are chosen, you are united with other Christ followers, saved by grace, free from penalty of sin, and you are no longer strangers, but you have been brought in as family, as royal priesthood because of this new life. That's kind of the context that Paul is writing to Ephesus. And so what I want to do is share with you three truths that I've been kind of dwelling on throughout this week three truths that define what a, what a believer ought to be doing and therefore how it strengthens the church. And so we're going to kind of look at that uh, together, who we are and what we do. It's nothing new. This has been going on since the beginning of the Bible. Uh, and so we're just applying it to our current context. And here's the, here's the first truth of a healthy church, a healthy follower of Jesus, is that every follower commits to their calling. Every single follower commits to their calling, and you each have one, which is a, a phenomenal uh, truth. We begin in Ephesians chapter 4 in verse 1. Here's what he says, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you, I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling for you have been called by God. He doesn't say, I beg you to lead a life worthy if you have been called. I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. Every believer, every thriving church understands, is gripped by this reality that each of us have a calling. And this means wherever you are, whatever you're doing, Whatever you've done last week, whatever you're going to do today or tomorrow or throughout this week, it's sacred. Now, follow me with this. You might be changing diapers. Alex is changing a whole lot of diapers and Henry's not sleeping great. So we're praying in the Jesus name, Uh, Henry, go to sleep. Uh, But you might be changing diapers. You might be cleaning the house, feeding the homeless, leading a life group, going to work. Maybe your new work is at home at the kitchen table. You're working on spreadsheets or you're trying to teach online. Sarah Bulo, we're praying for you as your school district said, figure it out. Thankfully, you have a very nerdy, techie son-in-law in Alex who can help you with that as well. But it's sacred. It's your calling for such a time as this. It's your moment if you choose to take hold of it. Now, what we do at Rock Creek Church and and for all churches really is we gather together on Sunday mornings. We worship, we grab a cup of coffee, we have a bagel, we enjoy each other's company, uh, we spend time singing, looking at the scriptures, praying together, and then we scatter. And that's not a bad thing because here's here's what happens. We scatter into the world to live public lives as public disciples to a public that needs Jesus. By the way, Jesus, who led a very public life, and then he died a very public death. That's what we do as believers. And I say that because you might be tempted to think I'm self-quarantined, I'm home with all these kids, I can't leave the house, I'm not working. And you might be tempted to think I'm not of use for God. What I'm doing doesn't matter in the large scheme of things. And I wanna tell you with all the love I can muster, that's not truth. That's the enemy speaking to you. What you do matters if you're following God because you're not called merely to just believe. You're called to participate in anything, anywhere, at any moment of what God is doing right now. In in fact, do me a favor just look around your family room, look around your kitchen table, look around your office. If you're by yourself, hold up a mirror. But look around those around you. That's your calling right here, right now. If you go to work tomorrow and you're seeing patients or you're working on spreadsheets or you're crunching numbers, that's your calling in that moment. So what do you do with it? It's sacred. It's really a perspective shift from the mundane and the boring and and not meaningful to the holy and the sacred. If you're in Christ just so you know, I need this reminder. You need this reminder. So here's what you're going to do over the next several weeks. You are going to walk in step with God, and therefore what you do is sacred. And that strengthens the believer, but it also strengthens the church, much of which we can't see, but it exists. It's present. It's present right now, Sunday morning, 1042, in your living room, in your kitchen, in your office, right now, God is present. So that's number one, every follower commits to their calling. Number two, every follower commits to Christ-likeness. It's this idea that He is our example, and so we live that life just like He did. Perfect? No but to walk like Him, talk like Him, act like Him, love like Him. And this brings us to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Now, I know this about myself, and, and I probably know this about you as well. This verse doesn't come easy or freely it takes effort. It just doesn't come easy. And I know when there's problems in my marriage, when there's problems in my attitude, when there's problems in my parenting, when there's problems in me loving my neighbor and being patient during a quarantine, three hyperactive boys, it's usually because I'm falling short in one of these areas. Are you with me? It's usually because I'm falling short in what I'm called to. Paul starts and he says, be humble. Why? Because pride makes us irritable. Now, don't look at the person who's been irritable in your family room. That's rude. That's another area. But pride makes us irritable. Pride makes us selfish, Pride makes us short with people, and it eats at loving others the same way a cancer will eat at a perfectly healthy body. Pride will eat at your loving others. And that's for the individual, but it's also for the church, because a healthy church is made up of people who regularly crucify their arrogance And I don't know about you, but I always feel like I've crucified my arrogance and then it rises up to the surface. That old rotten scoundrel still lives. And so we've got to crucify that. So if we can master humbleness, the end result of that is more of greater things in Christ. It's an if then statement. It's incredible. Paul also says, be gentle. Gentleness is what makes you be the type of person that others want to be around. It just is. Think of it this way. Um, Gentleness is to relationships the same way that fabric softener is to your clothes. That's in... um, that's yeah, not in the Bible. But if you walk with me through the analogy, it's the same way. Fabric softener, what does it does? Is it, it softens things. It takes away the harshness and the hardness. It takes away the static and the spark and the lightning bolts when, when you're so dry and staticky. A fabric softener helps with that and so does gentleness. It takes away the shock and the spark and the harshness in relationship. And there's patience. He says, be patient. And in some circles and in some cultures, patience is seen as weak. So you have a weak spirit that you let people just walk on you. And we know this about our culture. We live in such a fast-paced, busy, eye-focused culture that's hard to practice patience. But hear this truth and, and please lean in and listen to it. We will never be able to care for a flawed people in our world through relationship unless we're willing to wait. Patience. That's our call to be patient. And finally, the very end of that verse is bearing with one another in love. Notice the word bearing. Bearing suggests that you're realistic, that that you don't have your head in the clouds, that you just think life is rosy and, and God's got it and everything's just gonna be perfect no matter what. Bearing is realistic of what it's gonna cost you. Bearing is realistic on what's going to happen. And you understand this starting with yourself that we are a sinful Selfish fallen people. That's where it begins. That's where bearing begins. It's like ice outside. If we fall in the ice, there's jagged edges on the ice and it can scrape us or wound us even more severe. But bearing understands that. It's what God did uh, bearing with his people as they wandered and complained in the desert. It's what Jesus did with his bumbling disciples that tried their best to understand but were constantly goofing things up. It's what Paul does with the church in Corinth, and I don't know how much you've studied uh, the the city of Corinth and and when First and Second Corinthians. Um, Or as Donald Trump says, one Corinthians, two Corinthians. I think that's uh, maybe. Sorry, that is not a political statement. It just came to my head. No filter, all right? Erase that. I'm not making fun of him. Don't tune out. All right. Um, Nevertheless, Corinth And Corinth wasn't easy to love. If you know anything about Corinth, it was not easy to love. Listen to how one writer describes this area in Corinth. Uh, This is a book by Brady Boyd. He's a pastor at New Life Church down in Colorado Springs called Remarkable. I'm not getting any benefits for pumping this, but it's a great book. It's called Remarkable, Living a Faith Worth Talking About. Here's Here's how he describes Corinth, and I'm going to clean up the language a little bit because there's kid watching, um, but here's what he says. It's telling that people who properly assimilated to this life in Corinth, which generally meant taking to... Um, sensual escapades that even pagans don't tolerate. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1, and fervent worship of man-made gods that Paul was called drinking the cup of the Lord and the cup of the demons too. Now think about if your area of worship was described as drinking the cup of the Lord and drinking the cup of the demons too. Not how you want to be described. And it's, it's said to have been called Corinthianized. And more scandalous to me, the term was worn not as an insult, but a badge of honor. Sound familiar? The name Corinth means ornament. And you get the feeling upon reading accounts of chronic misbehavior on the part of many in town that indeed its value centered on playing the role of superficial ornament rather than of substance, wholeness, or depth, he goes on. Roman slaves who had been freed settled in Corinth to make new lives for themselves. Roman military retirees, eager to unplug from the brutal regime, and Roman merchants looking to profit from the town's resurgent as a commercial hub, came too. Jews who had been banished from Rome establishing their residence in Corinth, as did some Greeks who were intrigued by all the talk. A million or so. And all came to Corinth, and among them a small handful of believers, little more than a house church, fifty, or perhaps only a hundred strong out of over a million. And to them the apostle Paul longed to deliver a message. You can shine its remarkable as a remarkable light for Jesus in a culture that has very little use for him. He could speak those same words to us here in our context today. You and I can live productively as followers of Jesus in a world that increasingly pays him no mind. It's just amazing to me as I study scripture and and as I watch what goes on in this world, as Ecclesiastes just rings true, there's nothing new under the sun bearing with one another especially to this lost world looking for hope and peace and answers right now and in the context of what we just read in trying to love Corinth the best that he possibly can here's what he writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 5 it does not we often use this we often use this in weddings But it was written on how to love an unlovely city. Here's what he says. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Yeah, that's beautiful for a wedding. But that's the way Paul was describing. Here is your love. If you're going to go follow me, if you're going to respond to your calling, here's how you do it. In short, it's Christ-likeness. And friends, this is your call right now. To your neighbors, to your kids, to your coworkers, to your life group, your friends, your world. And so the first two truths, number one, we every follower commits to their calling. You have one. Number two, every follower commits to Christ's likeness. And number three, every follower is committed to unity and it's bigger than just unity in relationship. It's unity in not arguing. It's it's bigger than any of those things. This takes us to the final part of our message in Ephesians chapter 4, and it starts in verse 3. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. Paul doesn't just say, be unified and move on. He says, make every effort. In other words, in the same way you decide to be an excellent employee, in the same way you decide you're going to be an excellent student, in the same way you decide you're going to be an excellent spouse or parent, in the same way you think you're going to be an excellent friend, in that same way, make every effort to keep yourself united in the Spirit. And so verse 3 gives us the command, and then it's followed by verses 4 through 6 that gives us the theology to support that command. And the essence behind the entire command is theology. It's spiritual in its essence. And the reason why we make every effort to stick together, the reason why we make every effort to stay unified is because as the body, who are we? Christ. We are Christ. We are peace, the Prince of Peace in this world and to stay strong as individuals, we then come together, whether we're together in in personalness, uh, in the same presence, or we're together via the screen, or in our own worlds, we make the church that we can't even see, we make that church stronger. And we become a force of peace that moves throughout this world that is desperately looking for it. They might not even know it. But there's a hunger and there's a thirst. And it's not just for us. We receive it. We receive that peace. It's not just for the church. We operate under it and in it, but it's also for that searching world, peace. And that peace we find in verses 5 through 6. So listen, as we take those principles of growth, those three principles of how we grow as a church, how we grow as individuals, of maturity, of discipleship into a world that that is scared and uncertain and frustrated and confused and at times angry looking for answers. And they're looking for something, someone to believe in. Someone that will show up on the TV and just make everything great. Uh, some substance that'll just numb everything, some escape. In a world that's looking for those things, whether we like it or not, we, Christ followers, we're in the game. We've been called up and God is relying on His church. Young, Old, married, widowed, divorced, teen, college, little kid. This is a season of learning for all of us on what is my relationship with God and what does it mean to live it out because it's changed. And I sure hope that you're learning something through this because as we mentioned several weeks ago, if you stop learning today, you will stop impacting tomorrow. And there's not a single one of you that wants to stop impacting our today or tomorrow. None of you. Our world is depending on you. You are part of an army. Do you realize that? You're not alone. You're part of a family. You are part of the royal priesthood. You matter. Arnett family, you matter. Hoppey family, you matter. Ailsworth, you matter. Martinari's, you matter. The list goes on and on and on. You matter. Right now, in this place, Now, what can happen if a church is made up of people that believe in that, that stake their life in that, that live that out, these three truths, these identity as individuals? We become the church. Can you believe that? And I want to give you a glimpse then of what happens. Turn with me to uh, just the chapter right before, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Here's what it says, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us, within you, to accomplish infinitely more than we could ask or think, or maybe your version says more than we could ever ask or imagine. More than we could ever ask or imagine. Very few, if any, could have ever pictured that we would find ourselves in this predicament, in this unique place that we live. A a lot of times it feels like a movie uh, or maybe better, um, like a nightmare. But right there beside it, right there in the midst of it, All day long, we find through the scriptures that say what the enemy intended for harm, God intended for good. Speak truth into existence. God intends for good and by his mighty work at power within you, within me, within us, he can accomplish more than we could ever ask or imagine. So go this week and be the church. Be the church to your family. They need your patience. My family needs my patience. Be the church to your kids. Be the church to your friends. Be the church to your family. Be the church to your coworkers. Be the church to strangers at work, even if it's at your kitchen table, raising kids, baking, cleaning, interviewing, staying busy, just be the church. And lean in, lean into the only eternal, sustainable force that has ever existed and ever will exist in our world. Lean into that force. His name is Jesus. And he's worthy to be praised. And he isn't weary. He will not slumber. He is not scared. He is not overwhelmed. He is not distracted. And he is still on the throne. So church, I miss you like crazy. I pray for you by name regularly but this is making the church at, at all over the world, it's making it stronger. And it's making it stronger because the Bible says that, that God's spirit circles the earth, circles the world, looking for those who will worship him and in spirit and in truth. Will he find that in your living room today? Will he find it in your office this week? Will he find it in your kitchen? Will he find it in your kid's room? Will he find it in your backyard? I pray that he does. If you need anything, shoot me a text, shoot Alex a text. We'll take care of you as much as we can. Uh, We'll see you Tuesday morning for our first live uh, devotional with Oswald Chambers uh, on Zoom. If you don't know where to go, go to rockcreekchurch.org, and you'll see that under the ministries. Uh, Find that link. uh, Join us uh, Tuesday at 8 o'clock Mountain Standard Time. Until then, I love you, uh, and God be with you. Let's continue our time of worship. Thanks for tuning in.
0: Hmm. Let's respond to this message, but more importantly, let's respond to Jesus. Let's look to him, sing to him, build that intimacy with our Lord, who is in this room with us, who's in your room with you, sitting with each and every one of us. in control. We're his children and and, uh, our hope is ultimately in him. So let's sing to him. Picture him in your mind. Lean in and let's sing to our God. Let's sing to Jesus.
1: step down from glory to where my sin
0: peace that brian was speaking about the peace of god it's a peace that surpasses all understanding right it's the peace that is not dependent on circumstances so wherever we're at wherever you're at know that in christ we can sing the words that is well with my soul we can sing that and be genuine and know that god's peace will go with us so in this season as we finish out this morning let's just finish with this last song it is well Church, it has been a pleasure this morning. Thank you so much for joining in to our live online service. Please, please engage with us throughout the week. Church is so much more than just a Sunday morning. We're trying to do everything we possibly can to make it sure that we as a church can continue to function not just as an organization, but as a people, right? As a family. So we love you so much. Please uh, subscribe to, to our YouTube channel, our Facebook pages, our Instagram pages, and look for updates, and continue to find ways to plug in. So we thank you so much. Um, can't really say go in peace. I'm used to saying that, but uh, you're not really going anywhere probably. So stay in peace, right? May the peace of God be on you. And uh, we'd love to see you tune in with us next week.